0: And I'm Amanda. Welcome back to College College and Planet. Planet. Hey guys, what's up? It's your girls here. (laughs) Thank you so much for 630 downloads. Hope you guys are doing well. Really appreciate y'all. Don't forget to share us with your friends. Okay, so next week we are going to be having a
1: guest on the show, our first guest. And it's Florida Perk. Um, And they're basically an organization that works with different universities to try to Um, enforce, like, petitions about sustainability and basically cleaning up the campus, making it more green. So we will be posting some questions, um, question boxes on our Instagram stories. If you guys have questions for them for next week, which we will be recording this Sunday, the 28th, um, please leave them there, and we'll have them
0: answered for you. Yeah. Okay, Dakota, what was your low light this week?
1: My low light this week was probably... Having to drive home just for a play, Um, it was a really good play, it was like the drama trip that I'm involved in, that I used to be involved in, so I enjoyed seeing my friends and stuff like that, but I literally drove only there and back just for the play, so I left at like 5 and then came back at like 11.30 at night, so... It was a little annoying to have to waste gas. Not waste, because I really enjoyed it, but Mm -hmm. it was just annoying because I thought it was last weekend, so I literally went home last weekend for that purpose, and it wasn't, so yeah, it was just a whole mix-up.
0: How about you? Uh, My low light is that my weekend just kind of sucked. I just... It just wasn't great um, for a few different reasons, but you know, whatever. It's over. This weekend will be way better this week. This week is already being rough. It's Monday, and it's just... It's already kind of rough, but it's fine. We'll get through it. And also, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing that. I'm going back just for yeah. a show. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get there on time, because I get out of class at 4.20, and I still have to go, like, drop off, like, come back to tower, drop off my stuff, and, like, pick up everyone and go, but it's fine. I'll let you guys know how it goes. What time is um, the concert at? Seven. Oh. Yeah, so. you gotta leave around five. Hopefully. Yeah, you're going to get third, sixth, third, It's free, though, so.
1: Oh, well, there's a plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what's your highlight this week? My highlight this week was my best friend, my cousin, Jasmine, who won the giveaway, and my friend Lexi came up and stayed in a hotel over by Universal. So I stayed with them, and we went to Universal... And it was Mardi Gras Universal, so we got beads and all oh, this wow. stuff. So it was super fun. We were definitely being safe wearing double masks because I'm not trying to get the UK variant, which was which is now on campus at UCF. <laughs> so yeah. Basically just a lot of fun and I love to watching descendants the musicals. So nice. what about you?
0: Um I guess I don't really have a highlight this week. Like things have been pretty okay. Um Yeah, I mean things things are going good, I'm staying busy. Grades are grades are up, you know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm okay for now, so no specific highlight.
1: Alrighty guys, so for today's episode we are going to be doing Down to Earth episode seven. This episode is about London and we have one more episode after this and then we'll be done with our Down to Earth series. So definitely we'll put a recommendation box on our Instagram story about documentaries or shows or stuff you want us to analyze just like this one. It's definitely been a fun series for me at least.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so they start off at a cleanup of sorts. Um, You don't really know where they are yet, um, and you hear the head guy, his British accent, he's talking about like the different hazards of the cleanup and it's like it's very gross and there's like rat urine and stuff so I was a little grossed out
1: yeah and they start off the film with like na- nasty brown water just like they just show like gross stuff and you know whatever um and the fact that they have to wear boots to like to protect against the nails and rat urine which I thought the rat urine part was really gross but they talk more about this later but this was just in the very beginning yeah yeah And they have tons of volunteers, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, everyone is a volunteer here. No one's being paid, which I thought was pretty great. And they talked about how, like, one piece of trash at a time. um, And that's kind of like what Amanda and I do with our cleanups that we do is... Mm -hmm. All we can do is pick up as much as we can.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, we have cleaned the same spot over and over, (laughs) and it just gets so dirty so quickly. Yeah. And it's kind of disheartening because it's such a small area, and... We can't pick up everything. Right,
0: even though you want to. Exactly. And they talk about that later. Um, And then they're talking about London in general and how it it used to have lethal smog and deadly water. um, But it's kind of gotten better over the years, but they still have that really dark past with the Industrial Revolution. Yeah.
1: So then they go into New York for the very beginning of the episode, and they go to this hotel, New York Hilton Midtown, Um, with living roofs and this topic is one that I was super interested in when taking apes oh yeah um or ape environmental science you'll hear it's called apes don't know if we've ever clarified that but (laughs) it's apes (laughs) um and that was one of my favorite topics because it introduces like urban and regional planning and um how to combat the use the land use for buildings so I'm definitely interested in this.
0: Yeah, we have a class on that, urban and regional planning. Yep, I'm taking it. Oh, me too, I'm so excited. Okay, um, yeah, so they start off in New York because it's very polluted. And so as you're saying, they go to these buildings, but on top of the, these buildings, they have bees! <laughs> um, they have more bees in New York City than people, which I was like, that blew my mind. I was like, pfft, because yes. that's crazy. Bees are very important. They meet up with Andrew Cote, who's a beekeeper and just like bees are important are awesome for the environment they're so important without them like we literally can't survive as people or as a society so yeah and just
1: to give some examples um if you're from Orlando um Disney Springs if you've noticed on their parking garages they have like plants coming off their side so if you don't really know what living roofs are definitely look it up but also an example is, like, the Disney Springs with the plants on the parking garages, and also Milan, Italy, is a very good city that has buildings covered in vines. Yeah. And that's
0: something I specifically remember from apes. Yeah. Yeah, that in parts of Asia. Um, and this ties in with, like, green buildings and stuff. We've kind of mentioned them before, I think, um, but, like, green buildings, they do that, like, they're literally green where they do that, but they're also, like, environmentally green, so they'll, like, recycle water and have, like, yes. they use, like, natural sources for heating and cooling and, like, different materials and stuff. Um, it's very interesting. If you ever take environmental science to learn about it, I love it. Um, so yeah, uh, honestly, I want to take the beekeeping class here with Dr. Bolin.
1: I I, feel like you would like that.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to do it in spring 2023, because you have to, like, do it, you have to, like, schedule it ahead of time, kind of, and it's a whole thing. Um. So, they're talking about these bees, and something that popped
1: out to me is that they said they fly three miles in every direction but always come back to their specific hives which I think this is honestly super interesting because um they always they go out and pollinate but then they always know where their home is so I find that
0: super interesting yeah and they're they're like looking at the combs and all this stuff and they're like oh so this is actually honey and he's like yeah you want to try it and so Zach actually tastes it he's less hesitant with it than he was with the goat milk which I thought was wild yeah, and he had to be fed
1: through a hole in his neck, which I thought was <laughs> a little funny. Um, yeah, it was funny. But yeah, another example of, like, type of a living thing, a living roof type thing is the High Line in New York.
0: Mm-hmm. So the
1: High Line is a little walkway that specifically has, like, water features and plants mm-hmm. all over it um, to kind of bypass the whole city dirty feeling. Um, and it's above the streets and the... Um, Sidewalks and stuff like that. So, I've been there. It's a super pretty area. Um, And so, he talks a little bit about GMOs and pesticides and how there's GMOs that have chemicals in them to repel insects. Um, So, these are the bad types of GMOs that we hear about. I've learned through my classes that not all GMOs are bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like this is what gives GMOs a bad rap is, like, the ones that have chemicals in
0: them and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, and, like, you'd think that, like, since these bees in New York are- since the bees are in New York, they'd, like, be unhealthy and stuff, but actually, the pollution from New York does not end up in their honey, and I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. In the episode, they have this little smoker that's,
1: um, supposed to calm down the bees that are angry. Yeah, they use it here. Yes, I mentioned that in my, um, notes. I- I love that. Um, if you follow UCF Arboretum on Instagram, they- every once in a while do, like, a little beekeeping, um, stories, and stuff like that, so I followed along, and, um, they have that here at the UCF where they smoke the bees. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, the honeycomb, because it looked really good. I've never had honeycomb, and I don't like honey, but I just, like, (laughs) it just looks so good every time, and I'm, like, I want to try it, but I'm, like, I don't like honey. (laughs) Yeah, I feel. So they played a little golf, and I can't tell if that sound effect was real or if they actually hit a car. (laughs) Because it didn't sound real, but then he was like, ooh,
0: parking lot. <laughs> well, I think at, like, a top top golf place, they have, like, all that netting and stuff. Yeah. So maybe it was extra stuff. I don't know. Oh, and then they're, like, at an airport, and they're on their way to London, and Zach's, like, riding his skateboard <laughs> through the airport. I'm like, sir, skateboards are not allowed to be ridden or rode in airports. Like, what you doing? I was like, me, I would do that. I would skateboard through an airport. Yeah, and knowing my luck, I'd get in trouble. That is true.
1: So then they land in Hothrow,
0: Heathrow. Or Heathrow. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I put an R. Heathrow. And they said that 8.8 million people live in London and 30 million people are visiting per year.
0: Yeah. And th- there's like a whole montage of it. And I'm like, I've been to some of these places. Like, I've been on the London Eye. Like, I recognized uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. If you go on my Instagram, I have some pictures there. Um, my old Instagram profile pic was uh, in front of it. Like, it, I've been to a lot of these places, um, and that, that was a wild time, um, <laughs> and I'm not friends with a lot of people that, like, I went on that trip with, but, like, it's fine. It was still pretty cool to go somewhere internationally. Yeah, and the whole time I was watching it, I was like, Amanda's been here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole time, I was like, she knows. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so then they meet up with the director of the School of Economics, Dr. Philip Rowe. They meet up with him at the London Eye.
1: Yes, and he specializes in politics and global urban change and urbanization. And, um, as soon as I saw London School of Economics, I said, (laughs) Amanda, I thought of Amanda because she was in economics class (laughs) a little bit ago. Uh,
0: I barely paid attention. Economics is really hard. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was a little TripAdvisor ad there. They do that a lot. Just There's a little, little, like, A little, little tiny like, <laughs> Um, and so they're talking about the air and different things in the Industrial Revolution, how they've gotten better, but the air is still very toxic. Like, it kills tons of Londoners. Yeah, and they're doing all this while on the London Eye, just to give you a visual. Yeah. Um, and, like, toxic air is very much an issue, especially in the U.S., because that. It's a part of environmental racism where it's, like, there'll be a power plant, and they'll purposely make the, like, make it drift in the direction of low-income or certain marginalized communities, and then those marginalized communities tend to have worse health problems, and then they get discriminated for that, and it's, like, a, it's a whole thing, and the healthcare system's messed up, um, and so, but the fact that, like, these people in London are, like, recognizing it, and they know what happens, and they do stuff about it is good. yeah.
1: He said that 10,000 Londoners die as a direct result of the air quality today, yeah. and I feel like this is something that isn't talked about really at all. Yeah. Um, to be fair, we don't live in London, so we don't know, <laughs> but I feel like this should be made aware. I've never heard of, heard of this besides watching this episode. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that the air quality was still, that they ha- can see that it's still directly affecting 10,000 people who had died.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then they get into some of, like the nitty gritty science stuff of it, and they're talking about the particulate matter, which is like the little. It's almost like microplastics for the air. You know? Does that make yes. sense? So, so it's like
1: sediment, and you can think of
0: time. Ty- if that's what I like, recognize it or compare it to. Yeah. Or they're like noceums if it was like yeah chemicals, and so they have a particulate matter or PM of two point five, and I don't know what that's on a scale of, but it's really bad. It's a big issue, um, like, for Londoners, obviously, because lots of people da- are dying, so, yeah. And this specific particulate matter, they say,
1: is caused by fossil fuel burning vehicles. So they don't have many protections against this in the U.S., like, at all, if at any at all. Yeah. But they do when burning coal, so they have, like, big cloth-sized bags of air that filter out the particles to try to catch any of the big particles, Um, that we learned about in apes. I cannot remember the name of it. It was some kind of, like, vacuum-type thing. And, of course, this isn't 100% effective, and we don't like coal-burning plants. Yeah.
0: But what London did was that they found, like, the really, really congested areas and, like, trafficked areas, and then where that lines up with, like, where people live in, like, some urban areas... And then they started finding for traveling there during that time, so they were basically finding for pollution. And I was like, "Wow, like that's a really good yeah. way." Like you, like it's not necessarily a fine, but it's like you have to pay a certain amount to congestion ca- charging. Is what they called it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this is like on the everyday person, not just carbon caps on the big corporations like we in the U.S. have. Yeah. Like we
0: don't charge
1: for congestion.
0: Yeah. Like, and, like, think about what this could do in New York. Like, you always see New York where there's, like, cars honking and there's tons of taxis and it's bumper-to-bumper traffic and it's, like, London kind of solved that, so. Yeah, and just a little side note. Um,
1: with the UK variant of COVID, I can imagine that Londoners are at a disadvantage because of this particular matter that they are being exposed to on the daily. So it was proven that, this particular matter of 2.5 has been affecting the lungs of Londoners, and they have weakened immune systems. Oh, yeah. So I can imagine
0: how this is affecting them now with COVID.
1: Right. So
0: everything has an affected. <laughs> right. So then they meet up with the Director of Sustainability at the London School of Economics, John Emmett, and they're talking about, like, green buildings and all this stuff. And like I said before, green buildings are the future. I cannot wait for them.
1: Yes, um, and they talk about voting, and we just want to add, yes, please vote and register to vote prior. It is super important. Amanda and I both pre-registered when we were 17. S- were you se- 17? I'm not sure. I, I We did it at the same time, but you're always normally older than me, so <laughs> I was 17.
0: Yeah, I think I was 17 then.
1: Um, but, yeah, please register to vote. Um, it's super important, and so many people voted the like highest number of people voted in this past election and results showed that so yeah yay we don't have to stress voting as <laughs> so important anymore because we went through
0: a whole few months of that but it is still very important right so then they have more bees <laughs> I, I put it with like seven b or seven es um in there so i thought it was funny funny so yeah so this episode is very B focused which i don't mind um, but they're with, um, they're at the actual London School of Economics, and so Zach's, like, talking to this kid, like, this student there, and this student is working to put money value on environmentalism, and I can get behind that, um, not that, like, because, like, oh, like, I'm so about the money, but it's because, like, people, especially, like, corporations and, like, like, institutions such as, like, schools and stuff only tend to see things from an economic value, and mm-hmm. so, like, that's, I'm, like, trying, I'm on a couple different, um, sides of trying to get UCF to be more sustainable. And one of our big focuses is finding research and, like, showing them how economically valuable this will be in the long run. And so if this kid or this student can put money on environmentalism, that would make my job a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And he also talked about, like, there's different degrees that you can study at this school,
1: like environmental law, which is what I'm doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, green walls. I love these. Mm-hmm. Um And going off of the green walls, they have 6,400 total plants to help with CO2 levels.
0: Wow. Which
1: also helps save energy with the sun, because it's blocking the concrete from absorbing the sun, which makes the air conditioning run harder, which wastes energy. Um And they basically said, like, it's not a hobby, the beekeeping. It's not a hobby. It's essential to humans, which mm-hmm. I thought was a pretty good quote. And... The UCF Arboretum actually has beekeeping internships, which is pretty cool. Yeah. If you want to talk about that, because I know you're all about that.
0: Well, it's, like, it's bee campus and stuff in the pollinator garden, so, mm-hmm. like, they kind of do beekeeping, but it's also, like, a lot of what you see on the UCF Instagram. So, like, not every day they're putting on, like, their suits and stuff, but they deal a lot with, like, maintaining the pollinator gardens, which, are, like, bees and butterflies use. And they, like, B-Campus is a certain program, and it's, like, a certification. Like, I think we're the only school in Florida to have B-Campus, like, level, and so that's, like, a special thingy. Um, So if you're interested in that and you're at UCF, you can definitely check that out. So, uh, and then they start talking about pesticides again, and pesticides are just so bad for everything. I say we just get rid of pesticides. (laughs) Me too. Okay, so then they're going to the Mortal arcelor middle orbit whatever um and it's in queen elizabeth olympic park and they're like you see this like big structure in the distance from the car and you're like what the heck is it and then i'm like it's oh my ugly. god Not it is kind of ugly but oh my god it's a slide so it was originally this thing they had used for the olympics that were there and then they were like okay what do and they turned into a slide yeah um and Darren was talking about how there's a supersonic
1: elevator, and he's, like, laughing, and they were, like, nodding their heads, and that was just a cute little moment. But I love this idea of the tube slide. Um, I have, like, mixed feelings because I was a little upset that they just built a structure for the Olympics, which is a little annoying because it only has one purpose. Mm-hmm. But at the end, they made it into a purpose, and that money from tourism is going, at least a little bit, is going to the country to help you know right so they added a slide onto the structure and it's actually the tallest slide oh so like in the world i believe that's what they said cool um and then another little visa ad there you know (laughs) just a little bit a little bit and they get to the top of this um slide area and the top view of that is so pretty like looking out yeah it was so beautiful yeah London is pretty he said, and now I'm going to die. And I was laughing. <laughs> he said, bye, Mom. <laughs> yeah. The hats they have to wear look so funny. Just a little note. And then, I'm not sure if I would like this slide personally, because if the whole thing was glass, I would, but I'm scared of being, like, trapped in tubes. Oh. Like, it's
0: kind of tiny, not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. So then they meet up with Armando Raish to talk business and environment. And I'm going to take a class on this soon, Economics and the Environment, hopefully, I think, in the fall? I'm not fun. I'm not fun. (laughs) I'm not excited for that class. (laughs) No, considering I already already dislike economics, but it might be a little bit easier because it's about the environment and it's not so conceptual. So Um, they use recycled material for green buildings here, and it's really cool. They're like, so what they're doing is like putting these like little like shelving type things up against the, the outside of buildings. And you can, like, plant stuff in them, and it makes them green buildings. And so then that is, like, natural insulation, and you can use, like, recycled water to water them and the stuff, if you even have to water them. So. Yes. And
1: I'm definitely not a gardener, but this would be such a fun business to own and be a part of. I know. Um, and they also use recycled soil, so. I Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. And um, they were talking about how, so basically it's, like, recycled materials and it's an easy install so it's like you put little shelving so you have this shelving unit that's drilled into the wall and then you put little shelving units that go in diagonally down that hold the plants Mm -hmm. um and so it's a pretty easy install they didn't even need any tools to put like the little shelves in they just kind of popped them into place. Yeah, it
0: kind of like latches in a way.
1: Yeah, and they were talking about how you could put food in it, and I just thought it'd be so pretty with food. Like, yeah. imagine all the colors, like, with strawberries and carrots and twitters. Yeah, That would be really pretty. And they were saying, were there a space? Add some plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was cute. So, Darren and Zach made, like, a little wall, and they did okay, but... Um, (laughs) the guy came back and fixed it up, and it was like way better. (laughs) And he added a little floating bench, and I was like, "That's so cute!" Because if that was like a business, like a coffee shop, say, people would always be going there to like take pictures in front of the wall, like. And it's using plants to help with CO two levels. So I just think that's amazing.
0: Yeah. So then they go to where they were in the opener, in like the cold open, and so that's the River Thames. Um. And the River Thames used to be really, really polluted. Like, they would just dump all sorts of gunk in there. Like, it was, it was not good. Um, but now this, like, organization called Thames 21 helps clean, uh, and it's led by this guy named Chris Cood. And what's, what, I, what I find really interesting uh, and that they started talking about was that the, the old barges from World War II, mm-hmm. like, like the big, like, tanker ships, um, just kind of are washed up there, and I was like, oh, man, that's awful, you know? Yeah. But then they were like, it protects from flooding and allows birds to nest there, and I was like, oh, so they have, like, a benefit. So I was like, I guess that's okay, because we live in the U.S., so, and so we never really experienced, like, physic like, the on our land we never experienced the effects of world war one or two it was all yeah. it was all fought in europe and so a lot of france and europe are still dealing with those effects like when i was in london they were talking about a lot of like degradation of parts of the river like like the riverbank and stuff that was from the bombs back then yeah
1: that's so, insane yeah
0: so europe is still pretty messed up from that but, but then they get to work yes
1: And the river looks so dirty, but it is one of the cleanest rivers through a major city. Yeah. And I think that's actually really cool. Um, And the Tampa River, actually, did you hear that it almost got, like, poisoned? So, there's systems with the water to, which I believe this is in London, too. There's systems with the water that's uh, all electronic, and it controls the water purification levels like the chemicals they put in to the water to make it safe to use for washing bathing drinking tap water stuff like that mm-hmm. um and in tampa during super bowl they realized that somebody was accessing the system so they were able to stop it before like the whole river was contaminated and they couldn't use it for anything oh but that type of electron like Technology is kind of really cool where you can control the water pur- pur- purification. 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 <laughs> Can't speak. The water purification through a computer.
0: Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so, with Thames 21, they have about 7,000 volunteers and they remove 220 tons of garbage. and remove it from the river per year. And that is wild. Like, I can only dream to have an organization that big.
1: Yeah, Um, I was like, we have a group of, like, 10 to 15 that we do cleanups with. And I'm like, 7,000
0: people. Can't imagine. I cannot. Uh, But this is what Dakota and I love to do. uh, And it's a great way to spend some time giving back to your community. Uh, It looks good on resumes. It's like community service and stuff. But, like, also doing cleanups is truly enriching, and, if you, you, and you feel good, like, especially if it's your community. Like, I know during beach, like, doing beach cleanups around our hometown was really awesome, because it's, like, it's saddening to be like, oh, man, I can't believe people are doing this, but it's also, like, I'm doing something to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we did it in um, West Palm, too. Yeah.
1: And they were talking about how it takes 450 years to break down a plastic bottle, but it doesn't rot, it just gets smaller and easier to move through the food chain yep which we've stressed that it takes like 400 something years for plastic bottles to break down but i believe this like really put it well where it doesn't rot it just keeps getting smaller and smaller
0: yeah and so then that moves through the food chain where like it'll end up in water streams and then fish will eat it and then we eat the fish and that's how we end up with a credit card worth of plastic in our stomachs as people exactly and
1: they call it the boots that they wear wellies, and I said, Amanda, please start calling your boots these.
0: <laughs> but they're not like Wellington brand. They're just. I know, but it was just funny. <laughs> I have my waiters. You want me to call them waities? Waities. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then there's like a couple girls to clean up who know who Zac <laughs> Evron is, but like nobody else does, and it's so funny. I said that would be me. <laughs> they were like, Oh my gosh! It was, but like, it's me. like, and like, like the head, like the old British guy is like, Oh. They whatever. know who you are, but I don't. <laughs> like he's like, whatever. But that was so funny. He's like, awesome famous TV dude. <laughs> um, but then they have like this really awesome quote where it's people problems call for people solutions, and yeah. so that's like human caused issues cause for people solution. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like this is something we're I'm doing in my speech class. I'm I'm giving a speech about ocean acidification and how government policy can help change, like reduce ocean acidification. Um, and that's like kind of what I'm hinting at. Is like we're causing this problem, but we can also solve it. Yeah and he
1: talks about cotton swab sticks and how those are like the the worst yeah they are the worst types of plastic that he cleans up and I'm definitely guilty of this so (laughs) I completely forgot that this was a thing that like the cotton swab sticks were so harmful to the environment so I'm definitely gonna have to watch this (laughs) for myself
0: yeah well and I didn't know what he said at first I didn't know what he was holding so it was like What And then I was like, oh, like a Q-tip. Yeah, a (laughs) Q-tip. I didn't process that at all. Um, And then he picks up a tire,
1: and they were like, oh my gosh, how did a tire get out here? Whatever. Um, But we have some interesting things that we found cleaning up. So, Amanda.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so like a tire is not that impressive. I find tires on the sides of things all the time. Um, And I get that it's like the whole tire and not just the wheel. Um, But we have found, I have found a fire extinguisher. We once found an entire car motor, like, engine thing. (laughs) Um, what else did we find? In the mangroves, like... Yeah. That's just insane. What else did we find that was wild? Do you remember? We... We always find lots of shoes. We found a cone. A whole traffic cone. Oh, yeah, traffic... I found one, um, like, a wet floor sign in the the Cypress Dome by a student union. Really? Yeah. That was funny. We were gonna, like, take it and paint it and be like, Wetlands Club, gang gang. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 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 Um... But yeah, you find whack stuff all the time. And it's kind of like a cool game. Like a, You can almost make like bingo cards and be like, what's the wackiest stuff you find this time? And it's like 40 mismatched pairs of shoes. Yeah. Um, it's all fun in games until
1: it's really 40 mismatched shoes in one area. You know? like You're like, how did this happen? And they're talking about how it's like an endless sea of garbage and that yeah. we make a dent in the problem. And this is exactly how I feel each time. So Zach is talking about like it's impossible to stop and yep. it's you can't you can stand and not move and you cannot clean up a square foot of area you can't clean everything up and that's how I feel every time. I, I feel great that we are making a dent in the problem, but I feel like we could be doing more I know or I wish we could be doing more but there's so many microplastics in the areas that we oh, clean I know. up. And it's so hard for me to leave one area because every time I look back after I think I've cleaned it, there's just more. Yeah, well, that
0: one mangrove spot in West Palm, like, we cleaned up, like, five, like, how many gallons? They were, like, the big, big, like, the industrial garbage thing. We filled those up, and it had been, like, three hours, and then we turned, and there was, like, a whole other side. We were, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's, and we just keep cleaning up the same spot because it's impossible
1: to clean it fully, you know? yeah. And so I
0: really agree with them when they're like, it's so hard
1: to stop because it is. Yeah, and if you've ever been to a cleanup where the area is, like, pretty bad,
0: you know exactly what this feeling is. Yeah, and I knew exactly what he was talking about because I feel the same way. Yeah. So then they start talking about some other, like, business-type things. Um, and they're talking about ecotourism, which is um, it's an, an interesting section of environmentalism. Because ecotourism, I find, can border on greenwashing. and stuff but it's like it's if done correctly I think it's a really awesome way to fundraise for environmentalism. Yeah I agree.
1: I love ecotourism but there's definitely some downfalls to it with being like greenwashing like you said so Mm -hmm. I definitely am interested in studying it more to be honest and they also mentioned that 9.5 percent of plastic was actually recycled in the U.S. But that was as of 2014. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where it is now. I'm not assuming it's any better, so... You're not wrong. <laughs> um, and he was talking about whole the, like, reduce-reuse cycle, and he was putting emphasis on the reduce, but I want to put emphasis on the refuse. Ooh. Because, you know... You can refuse getting a straw, you know? Mm-hmm. You like, can
0: refuse silverware.
1: Exactly. Like, refuse
0: first, then reduce, and then reuse. Yeah, and then, if there's anything left, recycle. Exactly. Um, and then next, Darren takes a bamboo bike out for a spin. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's cute. And while he's
1: doing this, Zach Efron is meeting with Ellen Mills. And throughout this whole time, he definitely has, like, a crush on her or something. Oh, like. yeah, I
0: thought they were definitely kind of flirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's a local food, bl- local food blogger. Um, and she, like, had a bunch of health issues when she was younger, but then she went vegan, and it helped her so much. She went off all of her meds that they said she was going to be on her whole life, and that I think that's super cool and super impressive. Yeah, and she's focusing on making plant-based food
1: more mainstream. Yeah. And, um... I definitely need to get a better at cooking instead of eating pasta-based dishes <laughs> all the time. Um, but she has, like, a whole shop that's based on it, and she is honestly doing pretty well. And then she has a test kitchen. Yeah, It's where she takes An apartment for just testing, like, recipes and stuff, and it is so pretty. The view, everything. Well, that's the point. I was like, I love it. I want one. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, so she takes Zach there to her test kitchen, and she makes him curry, and he's very impressed. Yes, and then they meet back up with Darren, and
1: he asked her to come along with him Mm -hmm. um, to go to this restaurant. Simone
0: Rogan? Simon Rogan? I forget. I think it's Simon. Simon Rogan, he's a very highly rated chef, like something Michelin star. I don't really know what that means, but he's like one of the top top as... That's what they always do wherever they go is they find the high-rated chef. Um, But they go to his development kitchen where he uses his own garden, like, literally in the back of the kitchen, uh, and he makes a bunch of awesome foods.
1: Yeah, he has his whole own farm. And he said that that restaurant specifically that they were at is not entirely um, vegetarian or vegan, but um, it's focused on more vegetable-based, and the animals are only, like, a support system for the vegetable-based
0: dishes. Yeah, so instead of, like the main thing is, like, steak, and then the side is mashed potatoes. The main thing is, like... Mashed potatoes yeah. with a little
1: bit of steak, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, and I think
1: the concept of a development kitchen is so interesting. mm mm-hmm.
0: like, well, That's kind of
1: you, what um, Ella Mills' kitchen was. Yeah, where you... Well, but hers wasn't for... Well, hers wasn't a restaurant.
0: True. Like, sure.
1: So hers was just to develop recipes to put into a book or mm-hmm. to make things to sell. But his was, like... A restaurant so i thought that was cool yeah and the corn looked really good <laughs> and this, that they like fired what is it yeah. called they have like a little torched. yeah a little
0: torch thingy it's so good
1: and then darren's talking about like what superfoods means and he said that it's more micronutrients per bite so um basically that means like whether it's locally sourced or like how, how much nutrients you're getting out of that specific food rather than like a donut he gives an example for and at this restaurant they're serving what is growing at the time which I think is oh yeah they say like let let nature decide what's for dinner yeah exactly and I think that's pretty cool because why have a set menu (laughs) like be different and change and um they talk about how eating vegetables as much as you can is very important and I have been trying to eat vegetables with every (laughs) meal so
0: yes So then they're, like, closing out and stuff, and Zach is saying how little changes can make a big difference, but I would like to reiterate that it's not always dependent on the individual. There is a lot of, like, corporation blame and that, so you can make difference in your life. you can make differences in your lives, and that's, like, a really big deal, and that's awesome for you and your health, but don't expect your changes to solve climate change. Yeah,
1: exactly, and he mentions that change can happen, like, one piece at a time, and that, um... He says, like, people can do a lot. And I was like, yeah, Amanda and I have done a lot to help the environment. Yeah. And we're doing a lot that we can. There's still things we can improve on. But we're improving our personal lives and each other's lives by being more sustainable. But it's not going to fix the problem fully. Right. Like you
0: said. And he
1: says you got to take that first
0: step. Yeah. And he
1: says that's the hardest thing to do. And he was like, from there, it's all downhill. And I was like, No. It's all uphill, but I get he was trying to, like, bring it back to the slide with going, like, downhill. But downhill is normally a negative, like, yeah. annotation. So, I was like, it's all uphill, not downhill. <laughs> well,
0: no, I think he means downhill is in, like, it's easier. Yeah, but I just
1: yeah prefer Forward uphill voice. wording, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, thank you guys for listening to
1: our Down to Earth Episode 7 on London. And next week is going... To be with Florida Park, we're going to be interviewing them. So definitely check out our Instagram stories for questions about that, or send them to our Twitter or email them to us. Yes, and definitely check out our link tree where you can schedule meetings with us, schedule UCF tour with us, as well as give us feedback on our podcast so we can improve your listening. Yeah, check us out on our social media at College and Planet on YouTube and Instagram. At College and One on Twitter, and our Gmail is college and at gmail.com.
0: My Instagram is at Dakota Page H-P-A-G-E, and my YouTube is Dakota Page. My Instagram is Amanda du dot and my YouTube is Amanda Craig. We'll see you guys in next week's episode with our first guest. Yay! Super
1: excited. Bye. Bye.